Welcome to Novice to Master, a podcast for aspiring entrepreneurs just like myself. My name's Greg Blake, and I invite you to celebrate in all of my successes, push through all of my failures. My goal here is to encourage and to inspire other people who are on the same journey in money making online. I'll share with you my knowledge everything that I gain and what I've got to offer to hopefully help you push through on your journey from novice to master. Welcome to Novice to Master and thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. You want to go ahead and let everybody know a little bit about you and introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm Rachel Peterson. I'm a social media strategist. I started my business back in fall of 2015. And I currently have two companies that I run, which are first and foremost, our digital marketing agency, where we work with clients on a partnership basis to scale their uh, exposure and revenue as well. And then the second side is where I teach people about marketing, specifically social media managers and people who work with clients. And what else? I'm from Minnesota. I have three kids, ages nine, five, and two, and I run my business now with my husband. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know uh, one of the first, I mean, I've, I've been following you for a little while. So, I mean, I was a little familiar with you. Um, one of the coolest, I guess, uh, times that I've ever seen with you was uh, Funnel Hacking Live. Ooh, which one? I spoke at two different Funnel Hacking this Live. This year's, 2020. This year's. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Um, it was kind of surreal going backstage and, you know, we we're hanging out in the VIP room with Frank Kern, who a lot of people don't know who he is, but he's one of the greats of marketing for decades since, you know, I was a kid. And uh, we were just sitting backstage hanging out with Frank Kern and it was the kind of a surreal moment, you know? Yeah, I could imagine. Uh, I was actually late coming back from lunch because I got stuck where we were eating at and I got a text from a friend that said, Frank Kern's here because, I mean, in our world, we all know who he is, you know? But uh, yeah, I, I, he was a surprise. So I had to run the whole way back from the restaurant across the way to not miss it. It was such an epic surprise. And I was a surprise speaker too. And I remember when Russell voxed me one night and asked me if I would speak at Funnel Hacking Live a second time. Uh, he's like, basically, we're going to be watching TV and we'll be flipping through the channels and suddenly one of your videos is going to come on. And then you walk through the screen, like the screen opens up. And it, I thought at first maybe he was exaggerating a little bit. No, it literally happened just like that. It was so cool. Yeah, I love the way they set that up. That was pretty neat because uh, it, it was what you, Frank Kern, Julius Dean, and uh, Steve Anderson. Yeah, there you go. He was the other one that came out. Yes. Um, yeah, it was definitely cool. I love the way they set that whole thing up, uh, especially with that screen in the back. It was kind of uh, cool because like when I was standing backstage, like even as I was rehearsing for it because we did a rehearsal, I was like, this is kind of something I think I dreamed of as a kid. And you just never know if and when those moments are ever going to happen where like a screen parts that's two stories tall and you walk out of basically like your face on the screen and like there's a, a cloud of smoke. It was really cool because I felt like I had seen that moment before in my dreams. Oh, right on. Yeah. Um, so 
what did it feel like to, I mean, just the whole thing of getting to be up there, all that energy and all the attention of everyone? Oh man. You know, I've always loved being on stage since I was young. Like I've always really enjoyed, you know, speaking, singing, performing in front of people. And so unlike most people, it doesn't make me nervous at all. But right before I go on stage, there's always this moment where it feels like my stomach is doing like somersaults and flips. It's almost like you're right at the top of a roller coaster and it's about to go down. And I love that moment and that feeling. There's something just so exhilarating about being on stage. But what I love most is like when I can tell that the audience is really connecting with what I'm sharing, AKA it's serving them well. Uh, it was this year especially was such an engaged audience. It was kind of magical. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, it was really cool from where I was at. And, you know, I was like, I, like when I got to see you up there, I was like, oh, I know her. I, I've seen because <laughs> I sat through some of your trainings before and I was on your list for a while. So I'd been reading all these emails from you and it's like, I know her. I, I don't know her, but I know her. <laughs> Isn't that funny how we kind of feel like, I mean, I do this too. Like you feel like you have relationships with the people that you consume content from. And sometimes it's hard to remember like, oh yeah, they don't know me. And so I've had some of those moments where I'm like meeting some of my heroes and I'm like, I'm not as cool as I thought because I'm stumbling over words and stuff, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, I know how that is. Like, uh, I don't know, like, it's a little bit, for me, I'm a little bit nervous. I don't know if you could tell or not, but interviewing you now, because, I mean, you know, as far as it goes for me, like, I'm way down here, and you're, like, up there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and uh, you understand what I mean, but... um, I get the overall sentiment, but I think one of my favorite things is, like, as I get to know more and more of, like, my heroes and the people I've looked up to for years, like, they're actually really normal. And like, I'm really, really normal. You know, as I shared at Funnel Hacky Mai, you know, I'm a mom. And so most of my, my life is not very glamorous. You know, my kids, what do they care about? They care that they're fed, that their, you know, diapers are changed, et cetera. And so I always feel like that kind of helps to normalize the people that I look up to or get nervous around. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. And uh, before we go into, cause I know content marketing is like, you know, you, you were the first one on TikTok and that's kind of, at least it's what I, you know, one of the things I've known you for. Um, I do have one question though, from just one more about Funnel Hacking Live. Yeah. Does Russell Brunson always talk fast like that or? <laughs> um, no, he doesn't. I mean, he, he usually talks kind of fast, but when you get to know Russell better, he's actually really introverted and a little bit shy and like he'd probably kill me for saying this but like he's almost a little bit awkward until you get to know him a lot better (laughs) and so it's interesting because at first like when I first got to know him outside of like the big stages and big platforms I was like wait I don't think I'm an awkward person but he's definitely a little awkward and I just I think he's amazing I adore him I adore his family but he definitely like has almost an alter ego that comes out on stage, if that makes sense, to kind of help him to cope with being a little more introverted and shy. That makes sense. I could imagine it. Um, I don't think I'd feel too. I, I don't know how I'd feel, you know, having to be the one up on the stage like that. He was 
every what 20 30 minutes he was up there so mm-hmm. i can only imagine what that was like but i think he actually enjoys it or at least has has learned to enjoy it you know um or at least learn to enjoy what those opportunities bring you know yeah um now i know um when you were there you had talked a little bit about it and just from the fact that i follow you because i, I after Funnel Hacking Live, I'll admit I got on um, and checked out TikTok. I know before then, <laughs> it was like, oh, man, that is a kid's app. But uh, the first two people I jumped on following was you and Russell. Only two people I knew of who were on it. <laughs> but <laughs> you want to uh, share a little bit of your insight on TikTok? For sure. So, you know, I got started on TikTok about two years ago, give or take. And at first it was actually recommended to me by my friend. She also spoke at um, Funnel Hacking Live, Annie Grace, and she's a good friend of mine. And she was like, Rachel, you gotta check out TikTok. Like, I think it would really match your personality. I think I could see you really just doing well on this platform. And so I jumped on, but it was not an immediate like click. Like I didn't get it right away. Um, which is if anyone spent any amount of time on TikTok, you can understand why, because the culture is so different. The content is so different. It's not a platform that makes much sense for like repurposing. And so I stumbled my way onto TikTok and it was really awkward. Like I, I put out some really like cringy content. Some of it's still up on my profile, but I was like, I've got to figure this out. And at that point in time, other marketers were really like kind of like making fun of my content and some of them with good intentions but they were like how's the tiktok thing going like are you learning a new dance for tiktok and it kind of came up a lot and i was like you know i i just kept feeling like i just need to keep pushing through this awkward and uncomfortable time because i have this feeling we're on to something big and then it wasn't too much later that i had a video that reached nine thousand views while i only had 60 followers And then a little while after that, I put up a video that got like 50 or 60,000 views. And that's when I was like, okay, this is game on. Right on. That, that is pretty impressive results. Um, I remember hearing from when Julius Dean was talking about his experience on YouTube that like the results you're getting, he couldn't even get on YouTube when he first got his foot in the door and to just up and figure it out on TikTok with you said 60 followers yeah i thought you know i've got pretty big followings on quite a few platforms and i thought that there would be a lot more people that would follow me to the new platform and that just wasn't the case like it was an uphill battle and so i couldn't like i that was after sending out several emails to my pretty large email list and i still didn't have very many followers And it's, yeah, it's kind of crazy because I look at like our stats today and today I have, you know, I think it's 260 something thousand followers and I get several million video views per week now. So a lot has shifted over the last, really over the last 11 months is when I've seen that growth. Right on. Yeah. That, uh, see, I got on to it. Um, like I said, I haven't really posted much of anything. I'm not, I don't know. That just really doesn't hit my personality, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because of the way it's done. Uh, The way I thought of it was somewhere between Instagram and YouTube. Mm. Um, Sort of. Yeah. You know, I would say there's definitely similarities. 
um, I would compare it most closely with YouTube. Um, there's a platform that some people know and they'll get this like point of reference, but Vine from back in the day. It's very similar to Vine, only they're doing several things better, including longer sized videos so that marketers actually make sense on the platform. And then secondly, TikTok has successfully monetized and turned a profit with their advertising. So those are the two major changes, but it's very similar to Vine, kind of looping videos, no real posts, not really photos. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with Vine. Um, I, I spent a lot of time away from a computer. I did construction for quite a few years. And if I was even awake when I got home from work, it was amazing. But <laughs> uh, so I missed a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I could, uh, I, I kind of from seeing, you know, what you have going on it, I can see how, you know, you've kind of adapted what you've seen and, you know, but you, you've kind of used it for your own purpose, I guess you'd say. Yeah, definitely. Like one thing that I've done that is a little different than how most marketers would use the platform is that my personality is really goofy. Like I like to have fun. I like to not take life too seriously. And so I've shown a lot of that, I guess that side of me behind the scenes on TikTok, whereas I don't really show that on kind of any other platform. And so I think I guess as my audience gets onto TikTok, they're like, this is really cool. We get to know a new side of Rachel. But, you know, on TikTok, it does well because I'm 30 years old. I'm a mom of three and I'm still able to pick up on the culture of TikTok. And so that's been a really cool process, you know? Yeah, I, I could imagine. Uh, see, like I said, I got, I got on it. I didn't really do much with it. My son, however, got on and figured out his own way to making money on it. Um, as far as I know, nobody taught him. He kind of figured out with the, uh, the business account where you get paid per view and oh, yep. yeah, he got to a point. He was like, Hey dad, how do I get this money out of here? <laughs> like, what do you mean? He goes, I've got like $400 in TikTok. That's actually not too shabby. No, it's not. I was surprised. I was like, ah, we had to look into it. And because he's underaged and made the account in his name. Mm -hmm. He can't claim any of it until he can have a uh, PayPal. Dang, that's intense. I will say they've changed kind of how the views and like the compensation works. For example, most creators right now on TikTok don't get paid anything. Uh, I will say, I think that TikTok has sponsored some of their big creators, but there's definitely been a shift in like their, their model. But that's not a bad thing. For example, on YouTube, which I've grown quite a bit, you know, I turned off monetization very early because all I could think is I don't want my competitors to be running ads on my videos that I've put my heart into. So out of all of the social medias, which one is, I guess, uh, if this is two separate answers, that'll work too. But which one is, you know, your favorite and which one's your most uh, profitable, I guess you could. Ooh, okay. Um, my favorite has to be TikTok. I enjoy it. I love it. I watch it for fun. I create videos for fun. Uh, and that is interesting because it's directly tied with the growth I've had on my most profitable platform, which is YouTube. And I love YouTube because you can put out a video once 
And just like on TikTok, and I think that's why I like both of these, you put up something once and you can see, you know, exponential snowballing growth on the platform. And I've definitely noticed that on YouTube. Um, when I started, I started my YouTube like five years ago and over four years, I only grew to, I think it was like 4,000 subscribers. And then I just started experiencing the tipping point when I started playing TikTok and YouTube into each other. And then back in fall of last year is when I saw my, my YouTube starting to grow. And now I'm growing at a pace of about eight or 9,000 subscribers per month. And we just crossed 31,000 subscribers. So I have to say YouTube is now my most profitable with TikTok in a close second. And then my favorite is, you know, I may have to say either TikTok or YouTube because I spend a lot of time watching YouTube videos while I work. All right. Yeah, I, I do too. I, it actually kind of stops me from working sometimes. <laughs> it can be super helpful. It also can be super distracting. It can, especially how they pop up and you get all the videos after of, hey, you should watch this. And there's always at least that one that makes you go, wait, and stop what you're doing and you got to stop and look and actually watch it. And that's what really, that's the hindrance there. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. I have to be careful not to watch like how to's while I'm working or else I feel like I don't do anything well. See mine, uh, what always gets me is, um, there's a lot of guitarists on there that do that, uh, tapping where they're doing the percussion, the lead and the, like they're doing the whole band on one guitar. There's like two guys on there in particular that if they have a new video, I'm not doing anything for like 10 minutes at least. <laughs> See, that's super distracting. I always do like motivational videos on YouTube and I listen to those in the background probably for, I want to say like four to seven hours per day. Yeah. So what channels do you follow on YouTube? You know, my favorites right now are uh, Motiversity. I've really liked that one. I love the Mulligan Brothers. I just recently tapped into, I think his name's like, oh, I'm going to have to double check, but I think it's Matt Davila, I want to say, Davila. I just found him and I really like that he does 30 day experiments because I do a lot of 30 day sprints with different experiments. Mm -hmm. um, I also sometimes will go and check out like different people who are in a similar niche to me, but no one that I really like follow closely. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I really like motivation and I like habit formation. Those are kind of the ones I watch the most. Right on. So um, now when you said you tied the two in together, TikTok and YouTube, mm -hmm. what are you, uh, how, how do you go about doing that? Like yeah, what's your so setup for it? Whenever I create a YouTube video, almost every single time, I create a little like trailer, um, a trailer on TikTok that drives people to my YouTube channel. And what's neat is in the beginning, I found that a lot of people would say, I found you from TikTok, and they would comment that on my YouTube videos. But then once my YouTube started snowballing, people would say, I found you on YouTube on my TikTok videos. But if I'm going to do like a 10 minute training, I'll grab people's attention with hook story CTA. And the CTA is go check out my YouTube video to learn more about this. Right on. Yeah, it's, I honestly, I, I'm still kind of at the, you know, whoa, she uses TikTok thing successfully. Cause honestly, before <laughs> like 
Funnel Hacking Live when you were talking about TikTok. Um, I had not known anybody who had, I knew a few who played around on it, but nobody who actually did anything with it. Mm. And that's a huge key there because a lot of, you know, the experts I see talking about it, they talk hypothetically or, you know, they'll share what you could do, but they oftentimes don't have, they're not practicing it the same way. Or the other big thing that I see is people will share like general uh, advice that works for people who aren't related to business and just going viral isn't good enough if that makes sense like just going viral doesn't build a business and so the strategies are very different when you want to intentionally use a platform to scale your business definitely um so as far as it goes to like with marketers starting out because i like i'd said uh a lot of a lot of the people that listen and follow in on this podcast are just starting out up to you know some of them further along than that um how do you what do you recommend for them deciding where to start in content marketing you know one of the biggest things i usually recommend and this is going to sound contrary to what i think other people kind of teach i recommend starting on the platforms that you enjoy the most because truth be told you can be successful on any social media platform but if you start with platforms that you enjoy and understand and then expand from there, you're going to see the most success because it doesn't feel like you're, you know, doing something totally foreign. Like it's, it's something you're familiar with or something you enjoy. So if you enjoy Instagram, why not use that for business? Or if you've used LinkedIn for years in your corporate job, use that as your lead generator. I'm a huge believer that if you enjoy what you're doing, you will be far more likely to do more of it. Definitely. I think that goes for just about anything uh, for the most part, but yeah, that that's probably, uh, that's real good advice for starting out. Um, now I got a, another question for you. I don't know how, how in or how many different social medias you're into, but have you seen some of the newer ones that are coming up? Um, there's uh, what a, a few companies that are like, they're all, I don't want to say knocking off, but that's almost what it is for uh, Twitter, Facebook, and all of those. Um, I'm sure you probably watched at least a few of them and see them come and go. Yeah. You know, I haven't been paying close attention to them. The only one that I would pay close attention to would be if and when YouTube comes up with a short video thing, then I would like pay attention and I would clear some space in our, you know, content schedule and make it happen because mm -hmm. I, I just recognize the power that's behind YouTube, but I know Facebook's like coming up with their own thing. I think it's called Lasso and I haven't heard a single person tell me they created a Lasso. So I just don't see most knockoffs doing well, unless of course, like I said, YouTube steps into the arena. I got you. Yeah, I just, I know there's been like, I mean, just watching myself, I've seen some of them come and go and it's like, oh, hey, this is neat. Uh, but I started, I mean, I think, you know, I are pretty close to the same age, but uh, I think um, I started back with MySpace and it just like disappeared yeah. under Facebook. And then there's been a little one here and there and they just gone. Yeah. One of the big things I noticed, I loved MySpace so much because it so was did I. that first real platform, you know, and um 
I think one of the big mistakes that they made is that they didn't innovate aggressively enough. And so, you know, Facebook rolls out all of these changes all the time and we always get annoyed, but I believe so strongly that that's why they've kept us for so long. The other thing too is I don't think MySpace had an app because I don't think apps were, yeah, I don't think apps were a big thing quite yet. Mm -hmm. And one of the key things, I've been reading this book called Hooked and it's all about uh, habit forming products. And I really kind of saw, okay, well, MySpace didn't create a habit forming product. They didn't make us like wake up and, you know, want to check it and then check it again 10 minutes later and then check it an hour later. You know, even if you did, you oftentimes didn't have anything on there. So it wasn't habit forming. And that's one thing that Facebook has done well. That's one thing that TikTok does even better. Um, I don't see YouTube doing that as much, but I think just the general idea of watching long form videos is habit forming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I would say so. Honestly, it's usually what gets me actually, uh, Facebook it's, uh, I, it, it's really dumb to admit, but, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of or seen the Viva La Dirt League videos, but no, I haven't. They're just some guys from New Zealand. They do, uh, it's like video game knockoff movies or videos. It's pretty funny. Um, somehow they got into my feed and they haven't left since. So I'm wasting <laughs> time on Facebook. That's where it's at. Um, I have to be so careful. I love watching videos that don't contribute anything. So I have to like <laughs> intentionally stay away from all of that. Cause I could watch it all day. I have serious ADD. And so it's so fun uh, to just sit and watch one video and then bounce around to the next. But that sounds, yeah, it sounds interesting. So they recreate video game scenes. Yeah. Like they, they do uh, uh, one of the biggest ones they do, they do like a knockoff of Skyrim where it's just, they do like video game uh, cliches, like uh, uh, you know how they do a lot of those uh, role-playing games online now where it's just open world and you've got all these players they just play through, you know, cliches of it, like that one guy. And I'm trying to think of a really good example of one. Um, oh, there was, they were talking in the one about like girls playing, considering, you know, it's a game that was geared towards guys. There's one female playing and out of all the woodwork, all these guys just come start throwing gold and stuff to her. And then she just kind of shoves them away and she has everything she wanted just starting out <laughs> that day. Um, yeah, it's, they do that. And then they do like uh PUBG. Uh, where they'll actually they're running around with the airsoft guns and they do a really good job at these videos though like you start watching them and you just get sucked in and the next thing you know it's video eight or ten and you go where'd that last couple hours go <laughs> I get that way with um clickbait videos and I did so I didn't realize for the longest time that YouTube like your homepage was tailored to your own preferences and I remember I was teaching a training and I shared my screen and showed YouTube and it was like pure clickbaity celebrity gossip. And I was like, somebody said, well, we can tell what Rachel watches. And I was like, how can you tell? And they were like, oh, YouTube tailors all of your content on your homepage to what you watch. And I was like, wow. And so I actually made a conscious effort to stop watching that content then because I was like, if I look at my homepage, I can tell what type of content I've been watching. And it's that alone has saved me so much time. I bet I, you're kind of forced to audit it once yes. you see it. And it's 
I could see that. Um, now, another question about like, I know this wasn't a social media, but I, when I was younger, it was, or the closest to we had, and I'm sure you remember it somewhat, but do you remember the uh, GeoCities? Kind of, but not really. I, what, yeah, I don't remember that fully. Like I remember hearing about it, but not, yeah, not using it or anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was, uh, all it was, was imagine like MySpace before when, you know, there was nobody controlling it. You had your own little web pages and you made them yourself. And it was, it basically, it could turn out like a uh, MySpace page. Interesting. But, I don't, yeah. I don't remember it. Yeah, it was a while. I was in, I, I took computers in high school. So we were all, every single one of us had a page. And That's so fun. Yeah, it was weird. I just wondered if uh, you remembered it or ever got any use out of it at all. Not that I recall. I know, like, so my mom married someone or remarried someone who's a lot closer in age to me, and I've heard him talk about it. But uh, yeah, I've never, I've never seen it. I don't. Yeah, I think I think it was more of a nerd thing than anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to look it up after this. Yeah, I think it, I'm pretty sure it's dead and gone now. I think it was, uh, I'm wanting to say it was Yahoo that owned it. Hmm, interesting. But yeah, it's not. So that's why, I, you know, I brought it up because of the talk about the evolving social medias. And that was our very first social media. So. That's awesome. I think I was, not, I think my parents, well, they were really strict when I was like younger. Mm -hmm. So I think that was still during when I wasn't really allowed to go online, I'm guessing. Uh oh it's possible uh, uh the only reason i had it there was actually a few companies um uh i know you probably heard of net zero now back mm -hmm. when back during this point in time net zero was actually free dial-up internet oh that was how they built their audience i did not know that yeah it was pretty neat but anyways though um yeah i appreciate you making time to come on the show with me for sure. Thank you so much for having me, Greg. It was a pleasure. Now, uh, before, before we get off here, do you want to share any info where people can find you and connect with you? For sure. The easiest place to find me is my website, which is rachelpeterson.com. All E's and a D in my last name, and you'll find everything that you need there. Awesome. And again, it's been awesome to get to talk to you. It was real cool to get to meet you at Funnel Hacking Live too. So we got a picture too, didn't we? We did, yes. Actually, that's what I'm going to use for the uh, cover for this episode. Awesome, Greg. It was great connecting with you. I want to run to my next podcast. So I'm not too late, mm -hmm. but I hope you have an amazing day. I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoy recording it. If so, please give us a like, a follow review and a few downloads if you're over at apple and of course please share us with some of your friends any support like this is greatly appreciated and helps me out lets me know that i'm doing a good job and that you're enjoying the content also for more content feel free to come over and join us over at our facebook group i'll put a link down in the description of the video and we'll see you next time